Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. Why is Israel important to me? And I'm going to attempt to answer that question today. And, and I'm going to ask you several different uh, questions. And we're going to try to figure this out. Why Israel is important to me and why Israel should be important to you as well. So the first question is, is the who question. And who are the Jewish people? And this is uh, an issue under debate today. Some people say that Jews living in the land of Israel are, are not really Jews. Uh, you have uh, the black Hebrew movement that they're proclaiming that uh, we are actually Jewish people and the, the Jewish people living in Israel and around the world are, are not actually Jews. So who are the Jewish people? And to find out, you've got to go all the way back to the book of beginnings in Genesis 9, verse 25, where Noah is in his tent. He's planted a vineyard and he's drunk and um, his son uh, comes in. Uh, he has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, and uh, Ham comes in, sees his father's nakedness. He goes out and he tells his brothers and Shem and Japheth, they take a blanket, they walk backwards into the tent, and they cover their father's nakedness. And when Noah woke up, he said, Cursed be Canaan, this is the, his grandson, the son of Ham. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant." And so in these words, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, Noah prophetically saw something of spiritual value in Shem. He saw a godlike character. And so who did Shem become? Well, Shem became the Semites, the Jews. And Japheth, uh, in Genesis chapter uh, 10, opens up with, with Japheth becoming the Gentile nations and spreading across the world, and so those nations increased just like Noah uh, declared, and so Noah proclaimed, may Japheth, the Gentiles, dwell under the tents of Shem. So Noah saw that the Semites would provide a spiritual covering for the nations of the world, and so how do you get into a tent? You have to bow, and so all the nations have come under a Jewish covering, and then in Genesis 12, uh, God begins with one man, Abraham. And guess what? Abraham was a direct descendant of Shem, uh, the son of Noah. He was a Semite. He was, and God always starts with an individual, then he increases. And just as he started with you and I, uh, he increased Abraham. Genesis 12, 1, God says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so this is the Abrahamic covenant that God gave to Abraham uh, the Semite. 
And he said, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you into a, a people. I'm going to give you a nationality. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless the nations through you. And that has happened from generation to generation from Abraham on. The Jewish people have been a blessing to the entire world. And so Abraham had faith in God's call, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And from Abraham came the son of promise, Isaac. Isaac's son was Jacob, and through Jacob uh, came 12 sons, and he became the, the patriarch, the father of uh, the tribes of Israel. And so we have uh, the, the three great pap- patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. And from a multitude of people, like the sand and the seashore, today there's between 15 and 20 million Jewish people the world over. And so to answer the question, who is a Jew, a Jew is a blood descendant of Abraham the Semite who was chosen because of his faith in the God of the Bible, Yahweh. And the question two is, where do Jewish people live? Well, they live all over the world. Um, we are in a diaspora. We're in, uh, we've been separated from our land for 2,000 years. And when the Jews return to Israel, they are overcoming the Roman occupation. You might say, well, no, they're, they're overcoming the, the Ottoman Empire, you know, the, who occupied the land of Israel for um, hundreds of years. But, but the Jewish p- people say, we're really coming back from the Roman Empire because it was the Romans 2,000 years ago that drove Jews from their land. And so the largest population of Jews is in Israel, and today they number between 8 and 10 million people in the state of Israel. And so Israel is in the Middle East, its southwestern shore of the Mediterranean Sea. It borders Lebanon to the north, Syria to the northeast, and Jordan on the east, and uh, Judea and Samaria on, on the east, the Gaza Strip in the southwest, Egypt and the Gulf of Araba in the Red Sea to the south, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. His ministry was in the Sea of Galilee region. So the land of Israel today is very, very small. It's about the size of the state of New Jersey. And so that's where uh, the, the majority of Jewish people live today is in the land of Israel. They've made Aliyah. They've returned to the land of their promise that God gave to Abraham and his descendants. And so the third question is the why question. Why should I care? Why should I care about Israel? And this is a hugely important question to answer. And Many people today hate Israel and the Jewish people. They're known as anti-Semites, or you might say they're anti-Jewish, but really the word is anti-Semitism. They despise the Jewish people. They don't believe that Jewish people have the right to exist in the land of Israel. Some even believe that the Jewish people don't have a right to exist at all. And how do you answer this question is really, really important. Why Israel matters, why the Jewish people matter to me. And because of Abraham and his descendants, the Jews were really chosen by God himself to be a spiritual covering for the Gentile nations. Then to reject Israel is... Uh, and to not love Israel 
is to reject the God of Israel. It's to hate the God of Israel. And remember, Noah blessed, blessed his son Shem and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. And so there's something uniquely spiritual about the Semites. And uh, so it's very important that we do not reject the state of Israel, the land of Israel, the, the land that God promised Abraham and his descendants through his son Isaac. It's very important that we love them because God loves Israel. In Deuteronomy, God says to uh, Israel, I, I chose you not because you were the greatest nation on the earth. I chose you because you were the smallest, the most insignificant. I chose you because I ahava you. I love you. So here's a few more questions, reasons to love the people and the land of Israel. Um, number one, because salvation came through the Jewish people. Romans fifteen twenty seven says, For if the Gentiles have shared in their uh, the Jews' spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. So for the Gentiles who have come uh, to know the Lord, their spirituality has come through the Jewish people. Jesus said, salvation is of the Jews in John 4, verse 22. So all of the spiritual benefits that Christians enjoy today come through being under the tent of Shem. Salvation is of the Jews. Think about it. The Bible, the prophets, the fathers of our faith, the 12 disciples, the covenants, most importantly, Jesus, the Jewish man from Nazareth, they all came from the Jewish people. And I think it's impossible to say that I am a Christian and not love the Jewish people. Uh, a second point is this, because no country on earth can boast of a land deed signed by God. And that's true. There's only one uh, land on the planet that God said, this is a land that I'm giving to the Jewish people. God signed the deed himself. The land belongs to him. In First Chronicles uh, chapter 16, verse 16 through 18, it says, The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. So there's a great dispute today. Radical Islam wants to push the Jewish people living in the land of Israel into the sea. And their uh, great quote is, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. What does that mean? We're going to drive the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. We're going to commit genocide and murder every Jew from the river to the sea. That's the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. Palestine will be free. So there's a great hatred that's brewing against the Jewish nation of Israel and around the world today, especially uh, with some of Israel's closest neighbors. So is Israel the promised land of God? And I can prove this to you, uh, that you say, well, that's under dispute. Some today say that the Abrahamic covenant is null and void, that the land promise is null and void because Jewish people rejected Jesus, so therefore God has rejected them forever. And uh, the land promise is null, nullified. It's null and void. So you might want to ask yourself, is this true? It has, has God nullified the Abrahamic land covenant? And I can prove to you that God never has broken this covenant, nor has he broken any other covenant that he's made. So here's all you need to do. Step outside tonight. Look up at the moon. Is it still in the sky? 
Are there still stars in the heavens? Is the sun still shining uh, as you look out your window today? Uh, are there still waves in the sea if you live near a seashore? Uh, if you see the moon, the stars, the sun, if you see the ocean waves, then God's everlasting covenant with the nation of Israel still stands, and this land still belongs to Abraham and his uh, descendants through his son Isaac. And this is proven in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35 through 36. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and its waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances, what ordinances is God speaking about? Uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the ocean waves. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. So those ordinances are still in place. The sun, the moon, the stars, the waves of the sea are still crashing. So therefore, Jeremiah 31, verse 35 through 36 stands strong and stands true today. The land still belongs to Abraham and his descendants through his son, Isaac. And the third reason that you and I should care about Israel is because the blessing of the nations are directly linked to the blessing of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8 and 9, it says, All the borders of all the nations of the world are directly linked to the Jews of the twelve tribes of Israel. Here's what it says. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all the mankind, he set up the boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. So all the nations are directly linked to Israel, and their inheritance, well-being, and blessing revolve around Israel. And when Israel is out of place, then all the nations are out of place. If Israel is blessed, then the nations are blessed. And uh, the fourth reason why you and I should care about Israel, uh, because the life and family of our, our family's blessing depends on caring about the tiny nation of Israel. In Genesis 12, verse 3, God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And you can trace this. I mean, think about this today. Uh, so many of our uh, medical technologies have come from Jewish scientists. There are more Nobel Peace Prize winners, uh, Jewish Peace Prize winners per capita than any uh, nationality on the face of the earth. So this personalizes it to you and me. If, if you want to be blessed as a person, if you want your family to be blessed, then bless the Jewish people. And when God speaks that to Abraham, whoever curses you, I will curse, he uses two Hebrew word, words for curse. One is arar and one is kalel. One means uh, uh, fruitfulness, and uh, the other mean, one means fruitlessness and withering. And um, so what God is saying is, um, if you curse uh, Israel, you're going to be cursed. You're going to wither. You're not going to bear fruit. The other word that God uses there for curse is the word contempt. So whoever shows contempt to my people, whoever minimizes them, thinks less of them, whoever shows them contempt, 
I will cause to be fruitless. So I don't want to be fruitless. I don't want to wither. I don't want my family to wither. I want to walk in God's blessing. So I need to care about Israel and bless Israel. And so there's so many examples uh, of this concept of blessing the Jewish people. Here's a few. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius. uh, The Bible says that he cared for the Jewish people. He gave offerings to bless the Jewish people. And one day an angel of God stands before this Roman centurion Cornelius. And the angel says the prayers and alms are come up for a memorial before God. Uh, God is saying, Cornelius, I've seen that you've been praying for my people. I've seen that you've been blessing my people. I've seen that you've been giving offerings to my people, taking care of my people. And your gifts to my people have come up as a memorial before me. And so he was the first Gentile to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on his life and on his household. Amazing story. His entire family was touched by God. So the scriptures too, through true through Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. The centurion in Luke chapter seven, his servant was sick, and the Jewish leaders came to Jesus and said, uh, "Please heal his servant because he loves our nation, and he's built for us a synagogue." And that uh, centurion's servant was healed. Jesus immediately responded to the need of the servant so the outpouring of the spirit divine healing blessing they're all a result of blessing israel and here's another reason because jesus prayed for you that you would love the jewish people john 17 verse 20 through 21 i do not pray for these alone but also for the all those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So Jesus is praying for the Jewish people. He's praying for the nations, and he's wanting there to be a relationship, um, a solidarity between the Gentile nations and his brethren, his, his Jewish brethren. And so the question is, who, who are these and who are those? Well, these, in Jesus' prayer, they're the Jewish people, and those are the Gentile nations. And so, again, what Jesus is praying is that the Gentile nations would care for his brethren as he cares for his Jewish uh, brethren. Uh, The very end of time, uh, the nations are going to be judged. Whether or not they have loved the Jewish people, and you can see this in Matthew chapter 25, that when the chief shepherd comes, He's going to divide the nations as a a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And Jesus will say uh, to the nations, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. When did we see you hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, or clothe you? These nations will say. And Jesus will say, as you've done it unto the least of these my brethren you've done it unto me and the opposite is true as well there'll be goat nations those were the sheep nations that cared for uh, the jewish people and jesus will say as you've done it unto my brethren who are the brethren of jesus they're the jewish people the jewish nation as you've done it unto them you've done it unto me and then he'll say to the goat nations as you as you didn't clothe my people as you didn't help my brethren as you didn't visit them in prison and give them something to 
drink when they were thirsty or food when they were hungry, then uh, you've not done it unto me. And those nations will be judged on how they treated the Jewish nation at the end of time. So Jesus prayed for the nations to love the Jews. And I, I want to be a part of a, a, a sheep nation, not a goat nation. And so today in the world, there are sheep churches, there are goat churches. There are sheep Christians, there are goat Christians. There are some Christians that love Israel. There's many that reject Israel. So the five reasons to love Israel, salvation came to the Jewish people. Secondly, no other country on earth can boast of a divine land covenant. Third, because the blessing of all the nations are directly linked to Israel. Fourth, because the blessing of your life and family depends on you blessing Israel. And five, because Jesus prayed that you and I would care about the Jewish people and the state of Israel. So that's all for today. And I hope that you and I, as we uh, live in these days, we will learn, I will learn even more how to love the Jewish people. What does that mean? How do I, how do I show my love to them, especially in these days when anti-Semitism is growing and exploding, especially in America? How do I, as a Christian, love the Jewish people? And that's a very important question for us all to answer. And there needs to be intentionality. When we hear something spoken about a Jewish person, uh, we should not be silent. And oftentimes, in coming from pulpits and churches right now, in the rise of anti-Semitism, not many ministers are saying much about it. They're very silent. And we should be the most vocal. Christian leaders should be the most vocal to say, you know what, we're going to stand with the Jewish people, come what may. So I appreciate you. We'll see you next time on Israel and You.